0: I have my two little index cards here. I'm sure you guys have got some stuff, and we're just gonna just shoot the shoot the shoot the shoot <laughs> the fat and shoot the poop about it, okay? Sound good?
1: <laughs> Sounds fair. All right. White Rocket Entertainment.
0: White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number four hundred and seventy-seven.
2: Ten, nine, eight, seven, ignition sequence started, all engines are started, we have ignition, Two, one, zero. we have a liftoff, we have a liftoff and it's lighting up the areas, it's just like daylight here at Kennedy Space Center, it's the Saturn V is moving off the pad, it is now clear to the tower.
0: Hello, and welcome to the White Rocket Podcast, brought to you by White Rocket Entertainment, in association with all of our great supporters via Patreon.com. I'm Van Allen Plexico, and I'm joined this episode by two fantastic people that you know, that you love. They've appeared on this program several times before, together or separately, and that would be Michael Gordon and Kel Carpenter. Welcome back aboard, guys.
1: Howdy. hello. Hello.
0: It's always good to get the howdy from Mike, man. That's how I know that it's great to have you two, Kel, but Mike's copyrighted howdy just makes me feel like I'm back in the podcasting world in a big way when I hear that. So if you two guys are my guests, then you know that the topic has to be something extremely cool from our formative years, because that's what we do, right? We've talked about Led Zeppelin, we've talked about live aid. We still gotta finish our Led Zeppelin thing from like five years ago. We did the we did the but the thing was we did the five. Five really cool early albums and then we're kinda like, eh, the other five, you know. So but one of these days we will pretty, pretty much one, it. Pretty much. But one of these days we'll do the other we'll do the thirty minute show on the other five. Oh. But no I no, I kid, I kid. There's some good stuff. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. Although it might be eh, yeah, there's there's a chance that Led Zeppelin could come up because mm-hmm. tonight we are discussing all kinds stressing the word all all kinds of pop culture from three particular years i want i've been wanting to do the late 70s and you know for me there's some stuff before this but really my pop culture world began in 1977 okay i in 1977 eventually i saw star wars i read my first avengers comic book you know i mean boom and it and i read the the jim starlin thanos warlock you know avengers annual 7 marvel Two we're going to get into all that So, 77 just sort of like started off my pop culture life with a giant hydrogen bomb explosion. We were just talking about the day after, and there it is. And I figured... Let's just run it from there to the end of the 70s. Some of the time we can do the 80s or whatever. That would be fine. But I just wanted to go from, the big, from where mine starts, 77, through December 31st, 1979. So this is the 1977 through 79 episode of the White Rocket Podcast on flashback, flashback, flashback. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Kel, are you all set and fired up to talk about 77 through 79? I sure am.
2: What you want right. to talk about? Mm. What what topic?
0: Well, we're going to talk about everything during those years. Michael, are you fired up and ready to talk about 77
1: through 79? Uh, I, I am. I am ready. I, right. I have uh, stepped back in the Wayback Machine and yes. uh, come out unscathed.
0: That's it. That's it. So the plan was we would each bring a little handful, a little pile of things that we particularly remember fondly from those years and we would just kind of run it around the horn and see what we had to say about it. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun and we'll we'll just do this for about the next hour or so and just throw out, you know, whatever comes to us and whatever was great. We may only talk about 15 things, we may talk about 50 things. We may do a speed round and just throw out everything we can think of, but I just wanna have fun with it and talk about these great, great I mean, I, I think as far as I'm concerned that those were three of the greatest years in every medium in pop culture history. So let's ha I guess we should have a little order to our madness. So
1: let's just kinda so, go around. Yes. I will I will say like can we just sort of get the big elephant out of the room first? Yeah, I'd like <laughs> yes. the eight hundred pound Wookiee the eight hundred pound Wookie, <laughs> oh.
0: the yes. pound Wookie <laughs> in the room. <laughs>
2: uh, uh.
0: <laughs> all right, so I think we can all agree on Star Wars. Now, let's I, we can do we we have done and could do whole you know, hours and hours, my gosh, on just that one movie, much less the franchise, the phenomenon. In fact, John Ringer and I did a whole episode just on the Star Wars phenomenon, if you scroll back a few dozen episodes in the podcast feed, where we just talked about the effect of, the, of, that, of those movies in that first movie. But uh, Mike, since you mentioned it, so just give us a, just a minute or so on how Star Wars kind of kicked things off and what it meant to you.
1: Uh, well, it's I'm hard, you know, hard pressed to think of anything pop culture wise uh, that happened since then, or I don't mm-hmm. know, and certainly in my lifetime, that's as big as Star Wars. I mean, yeah. I saw it in 1977. I saw it late 1977. Me too. I did not see it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, to be honest with you, the the, the television ads turned me off. I, I wasn't really keen to. I didn't really know what the fuss was about. My parents <laughs> went and saw it and uh and then said you know what you probably would like this and Hmm. so uh uh sometime in the i don't know sometime around august september is uh when i actually saw it and yeah i was blown away um i saw it in 1977 i haven't stopped talking about it since (laughs) (laughs) that's fair enough that's fine there's nothing wrong with that uh, it's just uh, and everything probably almost like ninety percent of everything that we're going to talk about today is in its way.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and and a lot of it just was was directly copying it.
1: Sure.
2: Oh, just yeah. Flat yeah. copying
0: oh, yeah. it. Sure. Uh, Kel, same question.
2: Yeah. Um. So, looking at all our categories. So, we, for those out there who didn't get the the message from Van, we're looking at music. We're looking at movies. We're looking at TV. We're looking at comics. We're looking at books and toys. Almost every category had a Star Wars touchpoint for me. Yep. Um, I remember very heavy rotation on the 45 stack of the cantina theme, <laughs> plus the, the, the flip side with the uh, disco-fied version of the Star Wars theme. <laughs> yes. With the little lasers shooting and whatnot. Heavy rotation at the Carpenter household. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, the movie, of course, I saw it with my folks fairly early on. Um, I remember it was really crowded in the theater. I wasn't as interested to start with, but once it got going, I was really kind of pepped up. Um, and a friend had the best birthday party ever because we went to see it, so I got to see it twice in the same year. It was great. <laughs> um, toys, oh my God. Um, that was the big birthday. My birthday was in September. Birthday and Christmas was all about Star Wars that year, um, especially with uh, you know other pop culture icons like Pop Rocks. Um, I remember one day my dad picked me up from school and he had discovered Pop Rocks and had a little tableau on the, the, the kitchen table with uh, Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi with their lightsabers held up in kind of an arch around it say, hey, it's Pop Rocks. They're space candy. Come on. <laughs> you know, everything was Star Wars. Everything, um, yes. And everything. honestly, more than that, the um, comics adaptation that Marvel did uh, really sticks out of my mind because it, it came mm. out ahead of time. Uh, yeah, and I I actually remember picking up the Treasury versions. There were two Treasury yep. editions: Part yep. One, Part Two. I had it. Uh, Howard Jake, and art, and I like to destroy those things. Read them so much. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, lots of fond fond memory to that.
0: No doubt about it. Yeah, I had the the big treasuries too, and and had I put Auburn stickers all over them or something. I think I got it at the Auburn bookstore, and I went <laughs> down for a football game and to, totally defaced it. Probably worth a million dollars today, and I destroyed mine. But that's fine. I I loved it. I guess two things I would say. One is, yeah, I saw it later in the year too, not because I didn't. I, I was dying to see it. But I've I've told this story a couple of times in other places, but just very quickly, I was dying to see it. But our our town at that time only had one screen one movie screen and so we had to wait months to see anything and for some reason i was talking to a friend of the other day i'm like for some reason back then you didn't just drive 40 miles to birmingham to watch a movie at a multiplex if there were any you know you you just for whatever reason that was not anything we did we just waited patiently for movies to come to our little one screen theater and we went to daytona florida for for vacation and uh, I'm like, oh, I get to see Star Wars. We're gonna go see a movie. I'm like, please, 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 Star Wars. And my older brother said, uh, I want to see the James Bond movie. And so we saw the Spy Who Loved Me. And I hated that movie, even though it's a good Bond movie. I've I've hated it my entire life because I didn't get to see Star Wars. I had to see the stupid James Bond movie. So, but um, the other thing though, you know, this is and this is true for about everything that we're going to be talking about tonight. It, Pop, you know, there was no social media. Social media back then was getting on the telephone with somebody and having a one-on-one conversation, or talking to them at school, right? And yeah. so, you, pop culture tended to be much more refined, down to just two or three or four really big things that people were talking about, at least in my experience. Today, there's just so much. You know, there's just millions of stuff, things out there, and it's just overwhelming. But back then you know, you were talking about what was on TV the night before. You were talking about what movie was the big movie right now. What, you know, what record you were playing. That was it. You know, so it's just, it was a completely different experience to be into pop culture in the late 70s with no internet. You know, all you had was the television, whatever was being broadcast live, no DVR. There, you know, really weren't, in the way of anything like conventions that we have now, nothing like now, maybe a couple here and there, and I didn't get to go to them living in rural Alabama, and, you know, it was just, you know, you called up your friends or you talked to them at school or whatever, that was it, so it was just a different experience, Um, so Star Wars, look, I think I, I made a list of our categories, I got movies, music, TV, books, comics, and other, and we don't have to have the same amount for all those. I just wanted to break them down. So, all right, so Star Wars is a movie. Got that out of the way. Um, any, anybody want to mention some music from that era that you really want to put out there? And we can kind of circle around, circle around, circle around. We'll go through them all.
2: Well, Zeppelin, <clears throat> to, to beat another horse, um, they had their big, actually their last really big North American tour in 77. Um, yes, true cut short by um, the death of Robert Plant's son. Oh, yeah. Tragically. Um, And, you know, that was when everything started to kind of crack Mm -hmm. with the dynamic of the band and the drug use and all the other stuff. Yeah. Ominous overtones brewing there.
0: Yeah, that was right after Presence, I believe, and before the song remains the same soundtrack and In Through the Outdoor, if I recall correctly. It's been a while since I was really I think the last time i was super big into, mem- into knowing all the zeppelin stuff was when we did our show so <laughs> but that mm-hmm. sounds right um music uh i, I we just keep going around we, i'm glad we got star wars kind of out of the way but let's go around the horn a little bit on this you, you have anything music you want to throw out mike well
1: um i did not get in the zeppelin until much later uh almost college i think um that's when i got in the zeppelin so even though yes they they were still doing stuff then Um, uh, they were doing stuff around 70, this time period. I was not, um, aware of it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I pretty much stuck with, um, oddly enough in my, my little town in Massachusetts, I stuck with listening to soundtracks, uh, mm-hmm. I think inspired by, of course, Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. the Star Wars soundtrack, which got me on board with movie soundtracks from then on, um, as well as um, I was listening to things like Casey and the Sunshine Band and mm-hmm. uh, the Sugar Hill Gang, which made Rappers Delight in 1979, which changed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Uh, I would have been, you know, I I could not ignore things like uh, Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla, which came out in (laughs) 1977, Um, David Bowie's Heroes, which is my favorite album of his in 1977, Uh, Queen came out with We Will Rock You in 1977, and then what I call like the Boston Three. Uh, It would be in Massachusetts, you could not get away from Boston's uh, album Don't Look Now uh, or Don't Look Back, right? Yeah, Don't Look Back. Uh, Yeah, Don't 1978. The cars uh, were, were red hot with just what I needed, mm-hmm. and uh, Jay Giles uh, must have got lost. Was right around that time too. So, I, you know, I you have to be yeah. You just couldn't get away. from it. I I agree with you.
0: I'm I'm once again I'm in the same boat as you. I was listening to a lot of soundtrack movie scores because like it's like you said. I think it was Star Wars kind of got everybody with that John Williams music. But um, I you know a couple of things I have to mention. I believe this is the time Correct me if I'm wrong Kel You're the expert on this Did not uh, Hemispheres by Rush Come out During this period did Oh That's so good, good. Oh, I didn't really get into it Until recently But that was a, That was an album That came out then And I look back now And I'm very thankful It did I I had Because uh, 2112 Had come out right before 77 uh, Mike I had Don't Look Back By Boston Because that was like The second album I ever bought As a kid And I must have played That thing to death On my little record player don't wow. look back, and, but uh, but also no
1: idea. I had no idea it I had no idea that made that far south.
0: <laughs> y'all man, absolutely! Uh, the first Boston album was huge, and then Don't Look Back oh, yeah. was right when, in '78. Was right when I was by, got my first record player. My first album though that I got that year uh, was Foreigner's Double Vision with uh, oh. Hot Blooded and Double Vision. Man, mm-hmm. I, we played that all the time. Those were two kick-butt albums. I'm, I'm pretty sure Pink Floyd had some stuff going on. And the other yeah, one the I'd wall mentioned... in
1: 79.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the other one I guess I'll mention <laughs> just, real just quick. Just a little
1: album. Just little, a little double
0: album called The Wall, right? Roger Waters and David Gilmore. And I guess the other one I thought real quick is the police were getting going during this time who would yes, go on to yeah. be one of my favorite. Uh, I think you 2 might have gotten been going. Uh, they didn't really hit huge until probably you know the early 80s, but they the were well, around... Yeah. They were around, putting out, I
1: guess, October. They signed, and...
2: they signed their first contract somewhere in this three-year period. Yes. Maybe towards 79, somewhere.
1: See, I should know this because the Boston <clears throat> was the first American station to play them. Oh, And okay. I can't remember the date. I wasn't listening at the time, but uh, at least I don't think I was. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it was around 79, 80. Yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, so, too. Uh, but the other big Van too, of course, that I couldn't get away from was Van Halen. Their first album yeah. came out mm-hmm. uh, then, and ever that started, you know, I see in the Van Halen logo everywhere. Oh yeah, I, I, <laughs> I want to say that I want
0: to say that maybe Van Halen two and Diver Down came out during this period. Am I right uh, or wrong about that? Diver
2: mm-hmm. Down was eighty eighty one. Okay, so just beyond. I think just that's beyond. their third or fourth yeah. album.
0: Okay. Oh, oh, it was uh, The Cradle Will Rock or whatever was out. Was uh, women one. and Children. Yeah, first, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, The Cradle Will Rock is on their first album 78. Man, I'm doing terrible. Okay, well, I, I like Van Halen. I've just never been
1: much of an expert on them, so I'll defer to <laughs> no, you guys that's okay. on that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't looked this stuff up because <laughs> my memory of that time period is really spotty at best. So,
2: I would also like to bring up um, in the uh, Cobb County, Georgia area, particularly my school Kiss was everywhere and hmm. everything musically. Um, one of my close friends was fanatical about Kiss, and so every time I was at his house, it was, "Hey, did you know that Peter Chris is really dead?" And that's a somebody else going <laughs> to make that.
1: All these it's crazy, like one of those crazy things. things, right? Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs>
2: they desperately wanted to be the Beatles. Um, but yeah, Kiss, and I desperately wanted to see Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Yeah. I was not allowed to watch it and to this day I've never seen the full thing. I'm really traumatized by it. Um
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you don't yeah, you should yeah, don't. It's 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 right there with the Chris uh, Star Wars Christmas special, you know. Oh, good it. lord. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's Which it's I not finally
2: cr- saw this year. I finally oh, 2020 is the year sorry. of everything terrible. So <laughs> I, I
1: gotta say,
0: this, you picked the right year to watch that. Wow. <laughs> I did. I did. Just pile um, it on
2: I, I took the opportunity also to kind of look at some musical events of note um, for 77 78 79 In 77 we have a couple of big ones actually several big ones Elvis Presley dies yep uh, I Mark was in Boland dies I was
0: I Jesus. was in Daytona with that whole incident with Star Wars and James Bond when I heard Elvis had died That oh, all wow. goes together in my mind yeah.
1: We we were in Tennessee. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, my my parents my parents were from uh, were from Illinois. So in, in the summer we'd take trips back and forth from Massachusetts, to Illinois, and sometimes we'd take the long route. Um, and we were going through Tennessee when we heard on the radio uh, that Elvis had passed. And I remember my I remember it distinctly because my mother said because uh, he was forty two, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and he said, "Wow, he was so young." And I was thinking, "Wow, that's <laughs> old." Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And now that I think to myself, how many years have I lasted? Like, you know, been alive longer than Elvis? That's All just mind blowing.
2: Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, and to prove that things go in threes, that was also the year of Leonard Skinner's plane crash that oh, wiped wow. out a chunk of the band. Too. I didn't realize that. Um, and then that Christmas, we got the David Bowie Bing Crosby uh, duet. Yep uh, on TV as well. Um, I,
0: I seem to remember that the next summer, the exact same time was when we found out that Groucho Marx had died.
2: Oh, okay.
0: So two summers in a row that I went to Florida and heard somebody famous had died.
2: Also, also in 78, we lost Keith Moon from the who. Yeah. See, I uh, thought that those things were earlier. 79 had, uh, at least one death. Sid vicious. Mm. That's when he, he overdosed. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Mike had also mentioned uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall was that year, 79. But we also had um, Disco Demolition Night at Comiskey Park. <laughs> Disco. Uh, oh, Lord. Also mentioned by Mike, Rapper's Delight debuted. Um, and then we also had the Cincinnati Stampede at the Who concert.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, man.
2: Which was memorialized on uh, WKRP. WKRP.
0: Yep. Which is, I had listed on my list for television. That's right.
1: I got uh, I got you know obviously a lot of crap uh, growing up because I listened to Kiss 208 which was mainly a disco uh, blues whatever you want to call it uh, soul station I think they referred to themselves but I will say in 1979 I do remember hearing uh, my first Prince song which was I want to be your lover yeah. and I love that song and that's that's when I started really. I, and Prince is one of my favorite artists to this day of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, that started way back in 79. So I have to, yeah. I, 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 you know, every time I think, well, I was in the disco or whatever, you know, shame on me. But I'm like, nope, if it wasn't for that, I never would have discovered Prince. Until everybody else did in, with Purple Rain. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or, or
0: 1999,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, all
0: right, let's move on to another topic. Um, we'll come back around again like I said for anything we miss and we certainly haven't really done movies other than just Star Wars but I felt like we need to move on a little bit what about television what about mm. television I want to throw one out that I think is kind of to a degree the 800 pound gorilla uh, the 800 pound dagget from <laughs>
2: from this era <laughs> what could it be hmm, It's bad. I don't what it know be? what it could I, be I, I,
1: my first thought when Van said, this is what our uh, this is the time period we're going to talk about. I'm like, oh, he just wants an excuse to talk about Star Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm okay with because well, that was my favorite that was one of my favorite shows too. Well, we did say that a whole lot of stuff that came the rest of the way
0: after was either like in the wake of Star Wars, as you said, or basically just copying it. And while Galactica had had been around as an idea longer than Star Wars had been out, it, I think it became what it was because of Star Wars. I think that they 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 took it back in the garage and gave it a repaint, you know, and switched out the engine and everything and made it into a Star Wars race car instead of a whatever, you know, thing that Glenn Larson originally John, had in mind John about Smith an arc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the whole Mormon trek to Utah in space, basically. Yeah. So, um, which is sort of still is, but so yes. that, yeah, I, I remember, I'll, I'll throw you a couple of things. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I remember, uh, my first no know, knowing that Battlestar Galactica was going to exist was sometime like early in 78. So this is the year after star Wars hit so big. And ABC said, we've got to cash in on this immediately. And it seems like so much of what we're going to talk about, what we're going to be talking about tonight, is where somebody said, "Hey, that was successful. We have to cash in on that," you know, <laughs> yep. and we and we still love it. That was, yeah, still the case today. Still the case, yeah. But so my grandmother was reading the paper, and she said, oh, look, there's this thing coming out on TV this fall that sounds like you might like it. It's called Battlestar Galactica. It's some kind of big TV show. And I'm like, oh. And then I remember seeing ads for the toys. Before I ever saw a TV commercial or anything, I saw ads for the little Cylon Raider and the Viper, maybe in yep. Marvel Comics. And I, and I made my own cardboard versions of them. They ended up looking nothing like, you know, I was, I was basing the designs on the little drawings in Marvel Comics from before the show even premiered but I made them out of cardboard and was playing with them before the show even aired and then I'll say one other thing about it I don't know if you guys remember this but it premiered on September 17th, 1978 the same time Mm -hmm. that the Camp David peace accords between Israel and Egypt with President Carter were announced and they interrupted the broadcast it was a three hour episode to begin with, the thing ended up going like four hours, so I don't remember if I even hung around. I think I thought that, it, that I had just... I think they paused it and came back to it after the news report, but I don't think as a kid I understood that. I was 10, and I think I was just thinking that it had continued without me and I didn't know what was going on even though I hadn't missed anything because everybody was suddenly on the planet with the bug people and they were all happy and partying, and I'm like... You know, you just had twelve planets destroyed and millions of people killed, and you're partying on the bug planet. I don't understand this. So I was confused by this first episode a little bit. So, Mike, what uh, what, what, do you, what do you what do you remember about Battlestar Galactica? Let's give it a little bit of attention here.
1: My memory is my a lot of my memory is, is just not accessible from that time, uh, unfortunately, because I don't remember specifically like you as, as far as when. I first was aware of it or anything I mean I do recall you know uh since I know historically that it was interrupted I do uh sort of remember that being a thing but I don't remember how I reacted to it mm-hmm. all I know is that I loved it loved mm-hmm. this show I uh love Battlestar Galactica I think I even was so bold to tell friends afterwards or at least during the run of that first season uh the beginning of it not the end of the run uh (laughs) that i liked it more than i like star wars oh wow um which made me so popular um (laughs) oh i was already so popular because i love star wars and geeky stuff but that really like (laughs) yeah so um but i i still contend to this day that the the vipers the colonial vipers are are so spectacular they're my best they're my favorite fighters of anything ever uh i, I like this the the cylons i just i just got i went all in and uh i i loved every every episode if i could have at the time i would have recorded them and watched them over and over again but of course that was not available to me till after the series was done that's correct <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: So, um, yeah, I, yeah I, the, um, there were some that I really didn't like, and there were some that I loved, and I kept thinking this show should be better. See, this is, this is something, and I want to get your thoughts, Kel, but I just want to say, this is something I want to put out there. I have a new theory, which is really kind of an old theory, and, it's, and it, tonight our discussion has already kind of, I think, made a point out of this, which is that Star Wars came along for us so early— And made such an impact and was so good that my bar, my standards were set (laughs) with Star Wars. And I didn't understand then, although over the succeeding years I came to realize it painfully, that nothing else for a very long time was going to ever reach that bar it's like it's like if the first meal you ever remember having is the best meal you ever had then you keep going back and eating hoping this one will be as good maybe this one will be as good and it never is and so i wanted everything to be as good as star wars and for me nothing was as good as Star Wars, and so I was perpetually disappointed for my entire childhood and part of my adulthood. You know, so, Kel, what, what are your thoughts about Galactica?
2: Well, I was never able to really watch it a lot, because, of course, I was an only child, and the parents got control of the TV, and sometimes, meaning a lot of times, I got bumped. Um, but, so I didn't get to see it on TV a lot, but again, as with Star Wars, I remember it more for the comics, um Mm -hmm. marvel super special number eight was the adaptation of the pilot movie um with artwork by dazzling ernie cologne um (laughs) which i enjoyed actually um i really enjoyed the comic um and honestly the first time i ever saw the television version i was a little disappointed because it wasn't exactly like the comic um but Like you said, though, Van, the toys were captivating. Um, I always wanted one of the Cylon uh, ships, little disc ships, you know. Um, Yeah. Never got to get one. I managed to get a Cylon uh, action figure, which didn't have a lot of action involved. Um,
0: (laughs) It was a very inactive figure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it bent at the waist, and its arms moved, and that was it. I mean, well, not bent. It swiveled at the waist. That's it. Um, You know, and I had a Starbuck uh, uh, action figure. With his little, you know, brown cape, he was in all tans and browns, very ugly. Um, interestingly enough, they used the same mold for the Mork from orc toys. They did because um, <laughs> I had one of those and I'm like, oh my god, it's the same thing that's, that's uh, with amazing. a different face. You know, it had Robin Williams' face on the the morph one. Um, but I desperately wanted a Colonial Viper. Mm-hmm. Desperately wanted that toy because it shot the little the little uh, darts that killed somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah, they always killed somebody It's parent propaganda <laughs> They didn't want anybody to step on them That's why they didn't want you to buy it That's okay. why it didn't kill anybody um, I, I maintain that to this day um, But yeah, no It was never something I was able to get And I'm, I'm still bitter about it <laughs> so-
0: So, yeah, I don't think I ever had the actual toys, but I had, like, I had the, I had Muffet, the little daggett, the little monkey and a dog. I I had,
1: I had had the action figures. I had the toys. I got the (sighs) novels. (sighs) Kelly, you make a great point because back then, since we didn't have, you know, VCRs and we didn't have Mm -hmm. uh, streaming or, you know, any way to watch these movies or whatever at home. Um, the novelizations, the adaptations, yeah. novelizations, comic adaptations, whatever, uh, the photo novels that came out, stuff like that. Well, I mean, you, I, I would run and grab those because I wanted to recapture. I couldn't just go to the theater all the time, or you know, obviously on the TV you couldn't watch it all the time. So you just, I need, I would grab those so I could re watch mm-hmm. them in my mind, like uh, you know, through these adaptations over and over and over again. And I,
2: I remember the. I actually continued on and. and sought out the marvel comics uh as they as i could find them at the drugstore Mm -hmm. um and you know there are a couple that come to mind but there was uh, sal Bushima, our pal sal was was one of the artists on that and he had some i think tom palmer inking on him um at least one of them uh some really interesting artwork that they had klaus jansen i think did some work Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
1: Pat Broderick did some work on it too. Yeah, oh, right. Right. I, I've, I've got some of my books signed, or my 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 childhood books signed by him.
2: Oh, nice! But yeah, that that's kind of how I kept connected with it because I had loved that initial comic so much. I went out and tried to find them whenever they showed up.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, let's throw out. I don't. I kind of lose my place here, so let's just keep moving along some other some other while well, we're talking about TV other TV shows I, we mentioned WKRP in Cincinnati love that and um, this was also the heyday of Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley
1: yes. oh yes yeah. oh yes i mean uh, happy days started in what 74 mm-hmm. 75 yes. but i think really um, around this time, seventy-seven is when it like it was huge. Like I think it was everybody was tuning in on Tuesdays to watch it. Um, I think Kelly, you already mentioned they had a spinoff, Mark and Mindy, in nineteen seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could do no wrong. Yeah, Laverne and Shirley even was number Happy Days was the number
0: one show on TV. That was back when ABC dominated. ABC yeah. was number one network all the time. They had all the big sitcoms and everything.
1: Except and on Mondays. <laughs> what did they have on Mondays? Because Mondays CBS had MASH and oh, you know, all of that. Oh, okay, so, yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they sort of owned Mondays back in those days. But, yeah, everything else was ABC. But
0: Happy Days was number one for a long time. And then I remember Laverne and Shirley actually passed Happy Days and was number one yeah. on television for a while, which was kind of mind-blowing. And then, yeah, they, they even did Joni Love's Chachi. <laughs> there were a lot of spinoffs to <laughs> that show. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, there's like a whole franchise out of Happy Days. Days it with is. the Joni and Ch- Chachi show, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy. I mean, it just it spun out more than than dang, uh, all in the family did, you know. Yeah. So
1: And, and not really only, only that, we we got the phrase "jump the shark" from that. Yep. We sure got did. that
2: from yeah, yeah. I remember watching <laughs> that episode. Fonzie jumping the shark, wearing his leather jacket and his
1: swimsuit. <laughs> I can I can, <laughs> I can remember tuning in for that uh, that yeah. part. I remember. What's really
2: interesting to me, is we're discussing this right now on MeTV, which is fabulous for these old shows. they they they've just oh. reintroduced Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, and so my my child is sixteen and she's now getting to see <laughs> these shows, and it's just so weird that we're talking about when it was new back in the day, and now my kids watching it. And it's oh, this is so weird. But so good. Um,
1: what, what specifically do you think was going on in the '70s, the late '70s, that had people wanting to think fondly and mm, re- rekindle their love for the '50s? That's
0: a good. That's a good question. Mm. Yeah, I, it was such an iconic period, and it was before the '60s where everything went nuts. I think that people in the '70s were maybe like wistfully looking back at a decade that while we today can see there were certainly problems, lots of problems, it just seemed like a simpler, nicer happier, more optimistic time and I think a whole lot of Americans looked at the 60s as just this period of turmoil and everything is negative and I mean, you know, you don't have to look at the 60s that way but I think a lot of people did and I think they just looked at 50s through nostalgia, through rose-colored glasses is really what I think
2: and I wonder if it's that you know the folks who are who are producers and directors and writers at that time had been kids in the fifties, and so they mm-hmm. wouldn't have seen all the cracks underneath, and they just remember <sighs> as kids, "Hey, man, everything was clean and every, everything was this idyllic place."
0: Yeah. Well, look and, at the know, name like, of the show. The name of the show was yeah. Happy Days. It's like <laughs> exactly. you're living in sad <laughs> days, but watch this yeah. show about the happy days. <laughs>
2: But, you know, so there's not an oil crisis. There's not, right. you know, Iranian turmoil. There's not, you know, the, the, right. the aftermath of the Vietnam War. And God, wasn't it simpler when I was a kid? And I imagine that I can just imagine the pitch, you know, oh, things were yeah. so simpler. They were happy days. And then somebody says, hey, what if we superimpose some of this other stuff on it, which eventually they did. I mean, after a certain point, each episode started to look more like a very special episode as it got <laughs> on into the 80s. Um,
0: Well, it was also built off of American Graffiti. Yes. Yes, that's true.
2: It is. That was kind of the template.
1: (laughs) Lucas strikes again. There it is. The very
2: first appearance of any of the Happy Day group of actors um, was on Love American Style.
1: (laughs) That's when uh, Richie and them had a brother.
2: Yep. And uh, the first full season, they kept the brother. Chuck. um, But, yeah, Chuck. Chuck, um, And, actually, Lucas got the idea to cast ron howard from that love american style appearance which predated that huh. so love american style version of happy days influenced uh um gosh not crazy physical graffiti american graffiti <laughs> wow. darn you robert plant you're in my head um <laughs> which then influenced again happy days and then there we go it's kind of a weird it little crazy snake eating its own tail it pattern. is and I got a
0: couple more TV things. I think that during this time we had—I may be off by a year or two—but did we not have Baba Black Sheep, which became Black Sheep Squadron, and another Canal show, The Rockford Files, was on during this time.
2: Rockford Files for sure. Oh man,
1: well, those were those were too adult for me. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I never got to. See it. I, <laughs> yeah. I knew my dad loved them, especially Rockford Files. He didn't care much for the Baba Black Sheep and Black Sheep Squadron. But he loved Jim Rockford, and he talked about Jim Rockford all the time. And finally, in the last year, I've gotten to see almost all of the Rockford Files. And i got to agree, it's a, it's a it's solid It's great.
0: Show. Here's what I like about uh, yeah. watching the Rockford Files today. I love to watch The Rock for Files* today because I like to pretend it's a current show that's a period piece set in the late 70s. And man, the costumes, the cars, the haircuts,
1: it's amazing. it still works on that level too.
0: It's amazing the lengths they have gone to to make that show look like the mid to late 70s.
2: It's great. I love it. I love what, it. What I love looking at it through today's filter though is, gosh, every episode, gosh, they could they could have shortened this problem if he only had a cell phone.
1: yeah, that's oh. true.
2: He doesn't have, have to hike to a pay phone. He doesn't have to well, wait for this. He can call an Uber. He could, oh, my God! They,
0: they could also solve half of his problems in 20 minutes if the police would ever listen to him <laughs> and not just yell at him and chuck him in jail yeah. until until Lynn Davenport can come bail him out again. You know, His quote-unquote
2: friend Dennis, yeah.
0: Yeah, his friend Dennis is like the only cop that doesn't just want to murder him in cold blood right there in the station. And, Everybody and sometimes else he does. Yeah, yeah. I just I loved uh, not Lynn Davenport. Her, her last name was Davenport, but I can't think of Beth, her first name. Beth, Beth. Oh, Beth. I love Beth. She was like my favorite character. She was on there some, but I would have liked to have had a lot more of her and a lot less of Angel for crying out loud. But um, really, yeah,
2: I liked. that. I, okay. I'm, a, I'm they, a fan of
0: Angel. They overdid him a little bit though. But anyway, all right. So. Uh, let's see, we've covered the Stephen J. Cannell. There was others. There were a bunch of Canal shows on back then. Um, there
2: there's there's one T V show you haven't mentioned, Van, and it actually it's yes. fitting our window. Yes. And I think you would like to bring it up. Space nineteen ninety nine. Was that during this? I was thinking it was 75 Seventy seven was the end of, of the the second season.
0: Okay. So, oh wow. All right. Well, everybody knows how much I love that show. That's in my top five all time. I love it. I,
2: I hesitated I, to bring it up, but well, you
0: the, know, uh, the, I'm not going to go off. I just the second season, yeah, I can't do without. You know, yeah. the first season I can just watch over and over. Um, we didn't mention Fantasy Island too, and that's kind of an iconic show. I love the idea that Fantasy Island with Mr. Rourke and Tattoo was very, very much a spinoff of. The Man with the Golden Gun, the James Bond movie. It's like they took James Bond out of that movie <laughs> and made made him a Scaramanga, a good guy, with the same actor playing his assistant, Tattoo, Hervé Village, yeah. kept him yeah. on an island, kept him in a white suit, but instead of trying to assassinate secret agents, he's like your host for whatever fantasy you have this episode, plus <laughs> angels fight the devil. <laughs> it was such a weird yeah. show, you know. It's like, we're going to teach you, you a know, moral you, lesson and, and just,
2: oh, man. If you look at it in that light, it, it could almost be that, you know, th- this is where Scaramanga and, and Nick ended up after they died. And this is yeah. like what their afterlife is like.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ricardo Montalban was about as close to, to Christopher Lee as you could get, really. I mean, yeah. he was a sort of a Latino Christopher Lee, but otherwise they might as well be cousins, you know, so it was just amazing to me how much that was, and and I never heard anybody mention that but me, so I don't know, maybe everybody knows it, and I'm just the only one that thinks it's interesting, but... Um,
1: well, you guys right. are watching a lot more adult stuff than I was allowed to see, I guess, because uh, my, my viewings, was pretty much, um, let's see, around this time, let's see, Wonder Woman, last couple of years of Wonder Woman was uh, oh, okay. at that, that time. Uh, yes, uh, Linda Carter led me right into puberty, which was nice. Um, <laughs> was the Hulk uh, on yet? Uh, uh, the Hulk was in 78. Spider-Man okay. was in 77. Oh, yeah. Uh, Six million dollar man. We're still right. talking about uh, the last few years, of six million dollar man, because uh, that went from seventy three to seventy eight. Great, um, Loved so it. like Buck Rogers was in seventy nine. So like mm. this is these are that those are all the shows in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Are, and and I have to say, like the Muppet Show started in seventy eight, and I did That's not right. miss yes. a single
0: episode of the Muppet Show. Yes,
1: I never got to see uh, the also, Muppet Show. It
0: wasn't on any channel I could get,
2: so I never oh, really wow. saw it. Also of note from these years is um, the Match Game. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. I would watch in the summer with my mom. Um, Welcome Back, Cotter was in this time frame. Um, And then also um, Schoolhouse Rock.
0: (laughs) You said match game. I had to turn on my soundboard so I could say.
1: (laughs) blank.
2: (laughs) Um, yes, I have and that then the, on the one that that I always remember my dad watching and I never understood as a kid but as an adult I get is the gong show
1: oh God uh, oh yeah that that uh, was on a lot yep Gene, Gene,
2: the dancing machine <laughs> the unknown comic yeah. the unknown comic the unknown comic
0: yeah oh man I hated that show and yet I watched it that's true <laughs> that's true of so you know here's another profound point I want to make this is true of so much during that period. We're talking yeah. now about all the great stuff, but remember, this was spread out over years. We pretty much just had a fairly small set of options, and you watched what you watched. You watched what you had. You didn't have a lot of choices. If it wasn't on ABC, NBC, or CBS or PBS, you know, unless you got cable toward the end of the decade, you, that was it. That was your choices.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, we could pick up we could pick up TBS because we lived near Atlanta. I couldn't. So we had that option, but man, I didn't even
0: have that option we could not have it. a whole lot. I Man. can tell you that. No. So you you took what you got and, and I always point out, you know, if a movie came through the theater and you didn't see it at the theater, you had to wait a couple of years for it to come on network TV with commercials all cut into it. Yep. That's right.
1: There was no VCR. And, 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 and I mentioned like it was pan and scan, right?
0: Yeah, pan and scan 4x3 over a very so low stuff you be like I don't know
1: why I'm missing some of the action here. <laughs> well, we didn't I've know always, it at the time. No. We look back on it now and
0: like, oh wow. I have always said I thought I never understood why people complained that the special effects on the original Star Trek were bad because I thought they were great and I realize now it's because there was so much static and snow on the screen. I was just in, imagining it, you know? <laughs> I was seeing it in my head and it looked great. I go back and watch it now on like DVD and I'm like, oh Oh, I see what people were talking about now. All right, well, we've done they a lot beefed of beefed it up a little since. So <laughs> they it's have a little better. Than little be, better. But anyway, we've talked a lot about TV. Um, I, we've got a few more categories to go as we run along here. Any books, like paperbacks, anything? I wanted to mention like Del Rey was huge during this period. I used to go every couple of months with my grandparents to Birmingham, and we would go to the B Dalton Bookstore in the Brookwood Village Mall. And they would let me have like ten dollars, and I could buy like five paperbacks with that. And I would get like the latest Larry Niven or Roger Zelazny, you know, or or, uh, you know whatever was the latest sci-fi thing. It was almost there were some Dawes, you know, there were some uh, Ace Bantam whatever. But the Del Rey label during the late seventies, early eighties, man, you could always count on them to put out some really cool stuff. Did you guys? Uh, Kel, you take this one first. Did you have any paperbacks
2: at that time that um, stand out? I was, I was like, so this is my, this is my seven to nine years. So I was reading, you know, kids' books. Oh, okay. Eh, not as much, but I do, you know, from from pop culture, particularly our interest field. Um, I remember very vividly reprints of um, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange, the paperback color reprints. So yep. it was like the first the first 20 issues, maybe, or the first 10 issues, I don't know, of Spider-Man. And, mm-hmm. you know, the first 5 to 10 of, of Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, I had those. It, I remember the that. Gorgeous, the gorgeous covers and, and all that. Also, things like uh, Mar- Origins of Marvel Comics, Son of Marvel mm-hmm. Origins. Um, and then they were published prior to this, but I didn't actually get my hands on one until... This time period, and like you say, my granddad, Cumberland Mall in in Cobb County. I think it was a B Dalton. Mm-hmm. Um, the Steranko History of Comic Oh, okay, um, nice. I I got Volume One, and I just I, I read the cover off of it. It was so much fun to read, even though it was mostly text. I was like, man, this is just so interesting. Comic books have been around for so long. Oh my god, <laughs> um, yeah, it was just. It was just an eye opener about what existed before what I knew, and uh, yeah, a lot of fun with that.
0: There, there was a couple that I think you guys might—they there were all the Star Trek paperbacks. They would either adapt the TV oh, show yeah. scripts or the S- animated show.
1: Spock must die. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I had one, the, or the
1: two... Spock Messiah. That was the, those two. I think I had.
0: Well, I've got the two. Yeah. I had the two Joe Haldeman, Planet of Judgment. And uh, the, the other one, I can't remember. And I got him to sign them for me to Archon a couple of years ago. He's so awesome. But what about Splinter of the Mind's Eye? I mean, that's kind of a shared experience of people our age. Anybody, did you guys read that? Yep. Yep. Yeah.
2: Not until later, but yes. Yeah. I am uh, told it doesn't hold had. up. <laughs> that economics yes.
1: was the only thing we had. <laughs> oh, that's what yeah. I was gonna
0: Mike, that's what I was gonna mention actually. I almost forgot a while ago. You were talking about, you know, you had to kinda go and, and read the, the, the novelizations and I did too. But you know the other thing, novelizations aren't nearly as big now as they used to be. But um yeah. but they used to be a big thing. But the other thing was that Sears I don't think I already said this, did I? Sears put out an audio cassette one the Christmas of seventy-seven oh, or seventy-eight. Yeah, they did th- that had a whole bunch of clips and music from the movie on it, and because yes. you, there were no yes. DVDs, no VHS, no cable TV, really, I played that little tape until it wore out, and I had—I <laughs> I don't have the entire movie memorized, but if it was on that tape, I still have it memorized dead down you know what i mean that whole all the little audio bits from that tape i got i must have it's like i was studying lines for a school play but i still
2: remember them <laughs> you guys had that or remember what i'm talking I about i didn't have it but i remember seeing it yes mm. i do remember that god i
1: played yeah, it all the time uh, i had a lot of uh books on record and uh yeah. and, and and yes uh, star wars records too
2: yeah oh that um, reminds me the book and the book and records um Oh gosh, uh, Captain America: Night of the Phoenix on um, <laughs> Power Records. Oh my gosh,
1: Power Records, yes. Oh, yeah. I had Space uh, 1999 the I had, on The those. one I had was yeah. The one I had was uh, Spider Man: Mark of the Werewolf. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, so good, so that's so good.
0: Well, while we're talking about superheroes, and let's go to comics.
1: Um, oh. This was a. I do this, have a book. I do have a book oh, that good. I have to. Make, yes, sir. Because uh, it's one of my favorite books of all time. And uh, I just dis- yeah I discovered it through the radio, uh, thanks to Star Wars actually because Star Wars had a radio show, and on PB- mm-hmm. on um, uh, not PBS. PBS but whatever the uh, right NPR or whatever yes uh, the public broadcasting uh, radio and and right after at least ours uh, right after Star Wars they would play the uh, British radio show uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm, wow! Fell in love with it. Nineteen seventy nine the book comes out. I grabbed the hardcover and I've been a fan. That's one been my favorite one of my favorite reads ever since.
0: Yeah. That, you know I it's funny it
1: every, every couple years. It still makes me laugh. It's the, still awesome.
0: The 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 two sets of books that when the new one came out, I'd stopped everything I was doing and went and lay on my bed in the afternoon after school and just read it till I had to go to bed were the Roger Zelazny's new Amber books. And Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I, and I've never considered myself a huge fan of Hitchhikers. But when those, when when the, restaurant the End of the Universe and Thanks So Long, mm-hmm. Thanks for All the When, when Life, the Universe, Everything, when those came out, I stopped everything I was doing, and I couldn't put them down till I was done with them. There's no doubt. Yeah, they're
1: so good reads. Uh, um, at least the first three or four books. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, those would I would love going to the bookstore anyway. But man, those were those were those were my Harry Potter back in the day. Was, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I would line up and when I when I get the whenever one of those books was coming. Out. So what were you guys big
0: comics during? I mean, because I would argue this is like the this is the golden period, uh, so to speak, of the Bronze Age. Right? We we're Bronze Age babies, as the yes. Twitter account calls it. And I love the Bronze Age. It's the period of comics I love the most by far. I was reading Avengers, Iron Man. And then uh, the X-Men during that period with Claremont and Byrne. Yep. There was just so much good. What were you guys loving? Uh, Mike, what was your big thing in comics?
1: Um, I've always been a big uh, Spider-Man guy and a big Batman guy. So Mm. uh, those – and so throughout this time period, uh, I was snatching up, um, you know, um, ones that stand out to me, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 185 with uh, Peter Parker's Graduation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Batman 306 with the first appearance of the black spider because it was like Spider Man versus Batman. I really <laughs> thought that was cool. Um, Amazing Spider Man ni- 194 with the first appearance of the black cat. Yep. Um, and I really, really loved uh, Brave and the Bold and mm. Marvel Team Up because you got like, you know, my two characters that I loved plus, you know, Somebody I'm introduced else. to other characters. Yeah. Um, and the ones point. that uh, stand out for me during this time. Uh, Marvel team-up number 72 with Spider-Man and Iron Man versus Whiplash. Oh, yeah, I have Uh, that. Beautiful cover. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Number 74 with Spider-Man versus the not-ready-for-prime-time players. (laughs) Yes! Yes. Uh, Silver Samurai, yeah.
0: (laughs) J.B. Lushi.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um, Brave and the Bold number 150 with Batman and Question Mark. It was a big surprise. Um, I could ruin the surprise for people, but... (laughs) spoilers for a comic that's yeah. like 40 years old um <laughs> <laughs> it was super, um um and uh but as much as i love those and i i collected uh Battlestar galactica and star wars as well comics matter of fact star wars was the first time i think i had a subscription wow. so i used to get those directly from marvel uh in my mm-hmm. inbox oh, and the brown all rapper. they came in this this just a little flimsy wasn't mm-hmm. even cardboard it was just this flimsy paper thing that that's right sometimes they were damaged and i i hated that um yeah but um one of the biggest comics that came out in 1977 was adventure comics uh 452 aquaman story with uh when little arthur dies it it blew my world like i could not believe that that could happen to a comic character i i just i, I it changed everything I had the
0: subscription to several comics in the late 70s starting with Avengers and then Iron Man and then all my favorites and I probably at one point had seven or eight different titles that I subscribed to through the mail and got with the rapper that you're talking about yeah and I re- and I re- <laughs> yeah. Rapper. And I remember, like for my birthday or whatever, every year I would tell my grandmother, "Just get me, uh, you know, just renew all my subscriptions." And I remember her complaining, but it's so expensive. I had to keep renewing these subscriptions for you every year. And it's so expensive, and I'm thinking now, they were like thirty cents a piece back then. <laughs> it was probably, honestly, it was probably about three fifty per title times seven, so it was probably like twenty bucks. And she's like, "Oh, that's just too much for that." It was giving me. A year of entertainment and introducing me into the Marvel Universe and, like, for 20 bucks a year. Can you imagine being, oh, that that's too oh. much. Oh, just my brain explodes. I think that um, that was such a great time because you had Jim Shooter and George Perez on the Avengers. You, uh, pretty soon after, you had David Michelinie and Bob Layton on Iron Man. You had Chris Claremont and John Byrne on the X-Men. And you also had them doing, to some degree, doing Marvel team-up. Um, and you had the Star yeah, Wars comic yeah. coming out, the Galactica comic coming out. Uh, you had Ghost Rider. I remember I subscribed to Ghost Rider. was really good. Um, there were just so many good comics coming out uh, during that period. Captain America was good. Hulk. Um, the okay. Defenders. God, there was just so much that was big during that time. The Champions. Godzilla. The Shogun Warriors. The
2: Micronauts. Oh, yeah. which is
1: Micronauts started in two. Micronauts.
2: Micronauts is on my list. I was a big fan, and I never could find them. I have like three issues from the first ten to fifteen um, that I've been able to find. And one of my most prized possessions was, oddly enough, the the annual that Steve Ditko drew um, back in the day. I was so disappointed oh. that Ditko was the artist. But yes. Looking back at him. Oh my god! <laughs> Ditko still was good on the micronauts. Not as good as Michael Golden, but. He was good. Um, and I love the toys on top because, you know, <sighs> toys. Um, well, I have a wrong. category for toys
0: in just a second. So, yeah, I had okay. Micronauts and Shogun Warriors both on my top of my – those were my two favorite toys sets as a child uh, after the Evil um, Knievel stuff when I was really little and, and <laughs> right. Six Million Dollar Man. You know, you start out with right. Six Million Dollar Man, Evil Knievel, and then I got Micronauts and Shogun Warriors. So those were my four yes. big toys, I guess.
2: Um comics from that period for me Micronauts ROM was one at the oh, end yeah. of the, it started right I mean, it's right under the wire December of 79 um, huh. but over on the I, I was more of a DC kid back in the day um, and what I really really loved was Batman Family um, mm. the dollar yes. comic and yep. it had it had all these great stories Jim Starlin did a great uh, oh, rip off wow. of Murders in the Room Org and um, where the the old millionaire gets Batman to come investigate, you know, his his own murder, and oh wait, he's not really dead. He's transferred his mind into this giant white gorilla, and oh my <laughs> gosh, what? <laughs> I mean, it blew my kid mind, but I loved it so much. Oh, it's the seventies. drew Druid, um, yeah, just just all kind of stuff. J- Justice Society of America. Um, they were doing All Star Comics right before the DC implosion, and. Um, I remember I got the very last one. I was like, "Oh, this is such a good, this is such a good book." And then you know, oh, uh, there's no more. Sorry. What?
1: No! yeah. No.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. Just all kind of really good stuff. Um, oh, Adventure comics. Mike mentioned uh, into the when they were doing the Dollar Comics. That's where they rolled the JSA in, and then they had, you know, the death of Batman from Earth Two, and you know, the reintroduction and kind of the rise of the Huntress and you know then that pre- precursor that was a precursor to when they cut it back from the dollar comic and it only had three stories but then you know i guess that was like around 79 ish 78 79 mm. they had plastic man aquaman and that new uh, ditko starman character um mm. prince gavin those were really big on my list of things i remember those were ones i actually looked forward to um
0: just that was them back them. when you'd get the extra, you get the three pack in the plastic bag, and you didn't know what the middle <laughs> comic was. <laughs>
1: right, you the mystery try as hard comic. As you might, you just couldn't move it over. You
2: couldn't tell. Speaking I got Sears, so many good comics that way. Speaking of Sears, though, they used to do this giant like box of comics because I remember there was at least one birthday and one Christmas during this time period where that was a gift that I got. And I knew it came from Sears because I'd seen it in the catalog huh. twelve comics. You know, wow, oh, it's great. One of them was an old uh, early 70s Kirby New Gods. Uh, Oh, wow.
0: I didn't know um, that.
2: Yeah, it was the the tale of Terrible, of Turpin the Terrible, or whatever, where Turpin's up against Calabac or whatever. Uh, you're not going to take me down, you
1: freak, or whatever. (laughs) Wow, this is crazy stuff. Good stuff. Hmm.
2: Any comics
0: things you want to mention, Mike, that you haven't mentioned?
1: Uh, The only other thing that comes to mind is that also around this time, uh, Marvel was putting out um, some of their uh, reprints in paperback form. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got the that's how I was exposed to the um, Stanley Ditko run on Spider-Man. Yeah, me too. I, I me wore too. that paper. I wore that paper back out. As a matter of fact, when I when I a few years ago, when I uh, had the opportunity to, you know, wait in line and meet Stan, I was desperately wanted to bring that book for him to sign because it meant so much to me. But it was falling apart. And I knew if he put like a pen on it, it would just crumble to dust. So I actually <laughs> ended up getting something else. But um, I do remember like those reprints were the ways that that, that was how I, I discovered that early. early oh, yeah.
0: Events. Me too. I was just looking because somewhere behind me here, I have the last two of those Marvel paperback books that they put out. Um, David Michelinie wrote a, Avengers versus Kang, The Man Who Stole Tomorrow. And there was one that was called the Marvel Superheroes. that had a Hulk story, an Avengers story, an X Men story. You know, they were all like prose. They were prose. It was kind of like the, it was kind of like the first thing I ever read that would lead me eventually to write the Sentinels. You know, the idea that you can write superhero stories as, as prose novels and short stories instead right. of, instead of comics. So those were, and I got uh, I got uh, David to sign Man Who Stole Tomorrow a few years ago too. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Toys, yeah, we mentioned the Shogun Warriors and Micronauts, uh, uh, $6 million man, Evil Knievel with the little motorcycles that would jump were so cool. The only other toy I had that was a big deal, I think, during this period, I know I had it during this period because I remember having it in January of 80, was the Starbird, the spaceship, about a foot-long spaceship with electronics and LEDs. This was when LEDs and sound were still really new. And the thing was it had an accelerometer in it. So basically if you if you pointed it up, the engine would go wah, <laughs> and if you pointed it down, it would go wah, and then you push the button and the little guns would light up and it would go do 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 doo, 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 which was so cool. So man, I love that thing. Um, did you guys have any other toys that you wanna from that era you want to throw out? Or they really, um, probably were thrown out, but up bumped.
2: <laughs> um <laughs> Mego figures were mm. the, the deal for me. Um, yes. DC, Star Trek. Yes. Um, yeah, I had all of that. Um, oh, so good. You know, and the, the clothes that you could interchange and have all these <laughs> interesting combinations and have your own creations.
0: I love um, that the thing, his yeah. rocks were clothes.
2: Yes, Right, (laughs) he had the he had the orange forearms and the orange head, and everything else was normal.
0: Was clothes? Yeah, yeah. He was wearing a suit. Yeah, I was so Um, confused about him because of that. I'm like, (laughs) is is it like rock armor, like Iron Man? I didn't understand.
2: And at (laughs) one point, it was kind of was. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I remember, uh, Buck Rogers was a big toy thing for me, probably because it was also at Sears, and it probably was cheaper than some of the other stuff. I have lots of Buck Rogers stuff. I had uh, a couple of ships, had like three or four bucks, two tweakies, all of that stuff. Um wow. and then Stretch Armstrong was a big hit in my in my area. Um I had stretch and I had stretch monster as well.
0: <laughs> Any other toys? We'll close that one out. Um, well
1: um I mean it was a big shift because this was this sort of saw the tail end of Mego. And because Mego, in its uh, decision, you know, in its foresight, decided not to get the Star Wars license, so, yeah. oh, uh, so that so then <laughs> Kenner went and created, you know, the three three quarter inch figures, which uh, to this day I think are almost standard now. Um, yeah. uh, and and so Mego that that boxed Mego out of the game. Um. But mm. uh. But I yeah I had all the Migos. I had the the Star Wars bridge. Which I loved, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, another figure, another uh, toy from this time period. They had the um, large, uh, of course. How could they not be the Shogun Warriors? Um, I had the Godzilla of that line, um, oh, wow. which
0: was yes, just- me too. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, one of my my favorite toys to play with. I mean, yeah. talk about, you know, you got these three quarter inch guys, three and three quarter inch guys going up against Godzilla. <laughs> like, Godzilla. Was, yeah. It just it's just rocks. It he
0: was awesome. the one that had the little lever on the back of his head and you push it down and the fire came out.
1: Yeah. yeah. And for oh, some, some reason his one fist of flew off. His fist flew and, off yeah, just to give him something else to do. It could get lost, you know. So and it I could get I won get
2: lost. the record on the record, no parent ever said that killed anybody. <laughs> no,
1: it was too big. They <laughs> got
0: punched by Godzilla. Yeah, you could reenact that scene in the Godzilla comic where he stepped on Hercules and then Hercules threw part of the Golden Gate Bridge at him because you yep. could use your little three inch figures to fight that Godzilla. Yeah, I had, okay, I had Great Mazinga, who was indeed great, and then I got Radine
1: for Christmas, I remember, and I had Dragon. It was, it was. Dragon was my favorite, but I never, I never got it. I never wanted. That was the one I wanted, but I never got.
0: It was. Th- th- it was like when the comic came out. I'm like, okay, here's Raiden, but who are Dangard Ace and and combattra I want Mazinga and Dragon, man. Where are they? I was, I was a kid. I was very confused. It didn't. It just. Why did they use different ones in the comics and the ones they were selling? I didn't understand that.
1: Well, that whole license thing was weird. It was uh, weird because they were actually, yeah, they came up. They the toys were the Shogun Warriors, but then I saw them uh, after school um, as a series, at least in New England, called Force Five, and it was huh. five individual cartoons, and each one was one of the Shogun Warriors. Okay. Um. And uh. And so yeah, they some of them were were cool, and some of them were not. Um. But uh. Um. That's uh, but I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't understand why they weren't called the Shogun Warriors there, and they were somewhere else. And then the comic was different than all that other stuff, and it got really confusing. So I just. Too uh, bad. I who, really who liked. Wrote,
2: huh. Who wrote the comic? Which one? Shogun, the, the, uh, Doug Munch. Um, Doug Munch. Okay, I was I was wondering if it was Mantlo because you know he was the guy they always threw the properties at.
0: Micronauts. Yeah. Yeah. Mantlo. Micronauts Mantlo got Rom- Mantlo got Micronauts and Rom. Munch got. Uh, Got Shogun Warriors, and then okay. he when they when they canceled Shogun Warriors, he went straight over to Moon Knight. Um, I love I love them both. They are the two of the, they are to me they are the two most underrated comics writers of all time. And I love almost everything either one of them ever did. They're just giants to me, and I've always yeah. felt like they've gotten short shrift. But but yeah, I, I liked how Matlow and Munch both when they did Micronauts and Shogun Warriors they basically took whatever it was that the toy companies were doing if anything and said forget that we're making up a Marvel comic you know and they just created (laughs) a whole universe or or microverse around both of them that was so great and then shared it with the rest of
2: the Marvel universe
0: yeah yeah. so which kind of screwed them over later when they want to use them again and they can't use them you know but uh, they can use Bug I guess because he was original he wasn't actually a figure um Okay, the last thing we got to do here before we run out of time. Last thing we got to hit, I heard that. The last thing we got to do is we talked about Star Wars. We got a whole lot of other movies to run through real quickly. So, um, Mike, throw us out a a handful of movies that you want to throw out into the hopper of consideration, and then we'll go around to Kel and then we'll go to me.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I tried to stick with ones that I actually saw at the time. Okay. Not, because if I look back and, you know, because uh, there's so many great movies that came out during this time. <sighs>
0: no kidding. That,
1: we, that I'm sure you guys will, will mention, but I didn't see them at the time. A couple of them are R, and there's mm. no way I was getting into one of those. Um, so, 77, I saw Star Wars, but of course the the sort of, you know, one-two punch was uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, on the flip side of it, but was still pretty awesome. Mm-hmm and had a great soundtrack, even had a uh, Miko Disco version 2. Um, and so that one was... Uh, although I will admit that I didn't see Close Encounters until they came out with the special edition a year or two later. Me too. Yes, I didn't even know it existed
0: until until the special edition came out. And I was like, how is this? It
1: existed because this- the posters were really... I mean, the ad yeah. campaign for Close Encounters was phenomenal. Just that that road, you know, and the, you know, Close Encounters of the First Kind, Close Encounters of the yeah, Second Kind, because that's right. when, like, In Search Of was big, and, like, yeah. there was all these, like, mystery things, like Bigfoot and Loch Ness, and there was just a lot of stuff that was, that was really keen to, 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 to know about, like, all these mysteries, and UFOs hmm. was, was huge. Yeah. Um, what else? I, I'm pretty sure I saw uh, <laughs> uh, Smoking the Bandit in the theater, um... The hobbit in the theater uh the animated one mm-hmm. um and uh and oh god uh which was uh mm-hmm. 1977. um 78 of course is superman that's the probably the big movie from 78. uh i think the other movie i saw at the drive-in maybe was cat from outer space yeah. Um, and then in '79 we have uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, yes. uh, Muppet Movie, and Disney's The Black Hole.
0: Yes, you you hit quite a few there. Yeah, Very good. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what else have you got, Kel? Besides those, then we can kind of talk about them again. Um,
2: you mentioned The Hobbit. Um, is it The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings? Because I had the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings.
1: Both of them were both. Both
2: of them came out around that time. Yeah, seventy eight was when that one was. That was I. I remember that quite quite vividly. My dad was nuts about going to see it, and it bored me in the theater (laughs) um, because it wasn't you know the kind of cartoon I was looking for. Um, But yeah, black hole was also on mine. Um, Didn't see it until a couple of years later. But every which way but loose is in that time frame. Yep, yep,
1: Um, that's true. Also, Revenge of the Pink Panther. Yeah. Oh, I Uh, love the Pink Panther movie. I think that's the last of the best. The the Peter Seller ones are good, right? Yeah. Because then they start
2: Um, becoming. Right. Just a gag reel. Um, Ones I did not see then, but have seen since that were out then Um, Apocalypse Now, Alien. Alien, yeah. That's Um, one. Yeah. What's the others? One more. Which one was it? Where's my list? Um, Moonraker. Moonraker came out. Yep. 79. And my last contribution to this is a true confession i still have yet to see close encounters of the third kind wow Ooh.
1: man wow
0: all right i'm gonna throw out a few and then we can talk about them and then we'll wrap up i i failed to mention for tv i just found it on the other li- i had on the wrong list i failed to mention bj and the bear and dukes of hazard under television i think those <laughs> are two very important shows that they need were. to be they need to get a shout out and and those
1: were inspired by another movie that came out in seventy seven. That's Be Smokey and the Bandit. That's right. And that man, would Be Smokey. If it wasn't for Star Wars, I mean, I think Smokey and the Bandit would have had the biggest impact of anything that came out in seventy <laughs> seven. Probably would. Yeah. Oh, because my brother it was, was huge. a huge. Yes, my brother
0: was huge for that, and I was for Star Wars. We were kind of a competition to see which one would be bigger. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, Star Wars is going to be bigger than that stupid truck movie. But I loved it. I just didn't want it to, you know, beat Star oh, Wars. Sure. But that's yeah. the that's the other movie that I could basically do a one man production of off the top of my head. Because there's just I've seen it so many times. I know all the lines, you know. I mean I daddy, that alligator show is ugly. That reminds me, I got to call your mama. I <laughs> mean just stuff like that to the whole to the whole thing. Um, Give me a Diablo sandwich and a Dr. Pepper and make it fast. I'm in a bloop, bloop hurry. Um those are those are great. Yeah. Um so movies I, I there's another Star Wars rip-off I'm going to mention just cuz it was so bad but yet I couldn't look away and I saw it in the theater was Battle Beyond the Stars which was famous I saw it in the for theater as well. Ha- it was famous for having the spaceship that looked like boobs. Remember that? It's it's.
1: I recently revisited uh, that movie, and you're right. It's. It's. It's awful. Yeah. It's, but. It, but it's awful. But man,
0: it was like we would we would go and see those things because we just kept hoping that we could get that, reach that same level that Star Wars reached. Yeah. The other yeah. one like that was Star Crash, which is also wretchedly bad. I tried to watch that again a couple of years ago on on some channel, on some streaming channel, and <laughs> I just, yeah. oh, it's bad. It's so bad. But. But um, but we were just trying to recapture Star Wars. All right, so let me run through the ones that haven't been already mentioned. I, 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 mean, I definitely saw Moonraker. I don't know if I saw Alien at the time. Uh, I saw Close Encounter Special Edition. I didn't see Apocalypse Now later. Breaking Away is a movie that I, was, yeah. I loved about the college kids versus the townies yeah. at the Mar- at the quarry and the bicycle race and everything. I just loved the whole idea of the bicycle race I didn't enjoy The Black Hole very much because it didn't have an ending and so I read the book and the book didn't have an ending either Um, you had Steve the comic did
2: the comic did it was a gold (laughs) key comic and they actually went through The Black Hole and found a whole new universe and they were going to do a whole series and then they kind of just
0: That's funny. Out. The end of the paperback book, which I guess is Alan Dean Foster, at the end of the paperback book, they just all die. And he, and he describes them all spread out across space like mul- <laughs> like mushed. And I'm like, wow, man, great ending. <laughs> that was just such a bad. It's a, it's a great movie up
1: until they realized they didn't have any idea where they were going with it. That's so um, funny, he said. I said, I guess it was Alan D. E. Foster because yeah, because he was responsible for all the movie adaptations that. at that time.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was the Keith the Candido of the seventies and eighties. <laughs> <laughs> and and Peter David, yeah, Peter David later, yeah. Steve Martin's first movie was The Jerk, came out in that period. I love The yeah. Jerk; it's just one of my favorite comedies. Uh, Animal House. I, I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it like the first time it came on television within a year, and I loved Animal House and and the was Blues like Brothers. Forty-five was minutes. A- They must have cut so much out. Oh yeah. Oh, they just—I think it was (laughs) one of the first movies where they just kind of bleeped it or or re-looped the audio where they didn't say the same things. You know, they did that with Smoking the Bandit. When Smoking the Bandit first came on network television, they just replaced all the cuss words with non-cuss words, and their mouth would be moving one way and the audio would be different. It was
2: (laughs) you crumb bum. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the same guy who voiced Fred Flintstone was the guy that they got to do the dubs. (laughs) <laughs> and back in the day When the Flintstones was there Jackie Gleason considered Suing the network To oh, get wow. it off the air Because it was an obvious Rip off of the Honeymooners
1: Yep And his <laughs>
2: lawyer said Oh yeah there's something there But do you really want to be The guy that sued To get the Flintstones Taken off the air <laughs> And it's full true. circled Fred Flintstone is the clean oh, wow. overdubs on Sheriff Buford T. Justice. See, this is what you tune
0: in to listen to learn, folks. That's awesome, because that's when you get you get Sheriff Justice going. You crumb bum, I'll kick your rear end to, to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, that's not
1: what he said. Okay, <laughs> uh, a couple you know what, of it others. It my mind because I I thought yeah. for years that uh, Pepper in the um, uh, in the James Bond movies was uh, inspired by justice and I found out it must have been the other way around it must have yeah, been the other way around yeah because those bond movies were so
0: you'd think Hal Needham was the director of them yeah. that's that's <laughs> when they were jumping cars through the swamp yep. and doing boat okay. chases
1: and everything oh yeah yep. I've said so that, I've said a, on our it's sa- it's the same character it is it yeah is.
0: I've, I've said on our bond show many times that um, that I swear, if I didn't know better, I would think Hal Needham directed the, the Roger Moore Bond movies of the 70s. <laughs> Absolutely. And then went on to do uh, Burt Reynolds, yeah. A couple of movies we haven't mentioned. Meteor with Sean Connery, which was interesting because they blew up like half the world. Uh, but it had that awesome uh, Soviet satellite with nuclear missiles on it and the U.S. satellite with nuclear missiles on it, and they both shot him at the meteor. Halloween, which was like the first real horror movie I ever saw that yeah. kind of scared yep. me to death. Mm-hmm. And 1978, you will believe a man can fly. Superman, had to mention Superman. Yep. I Absolutely. was never, I was not as big of a Superman fan as a lot of characters, but I went right out and saw that. And then Superman two, of course, came out. I guess 81, and was just like yeah. the first. Here, I had to mention this: Superman. He's still fighting a regular guy, even though it's Gene Hackman, who wasn't really that regular, but he was the regular. <laughs> there had never been. A TV show or a movie, The Hulk, Spider-Man, any of that stuff, there had never been a movie or TV where the villains were actually super villains. They were always just gangsters with guns or scientists with rays or something. Superman 2, the reason I loved that movie so much at the time, it was the first thing I'd ever seen where the villains had superpowers.
1: I'm like you. I I grew up watching Batman 60s series. Yeah. And I love that so much. And then, and then when I saw the like Spider Man show and the Hulk, and I'm like, nobody's fighting villains in this. Right. What's wrong? And then I see the first Superman movie and it's good. It's great. Mm -hmm. But yet there's no, there's there's nothing for him to really fight. And I Mm -mm. was like, this is. You know, this is not what I'm used to reading in my comics and all that. And then exactly. finally we get you write Superman two later and I'm like, Finally. Finally. Superpower beatings, beating on other superpowered beatings. I'm <laughs> I'm happy. That's what we want to see. Right. Right up yep. until it became
0: man of steel and then you're like, oh. okay, you've you've gone too far. But
1: <laughs> up yeah. until then
0: they kinda they kinda had it. Guys, I am my lists are exhausted. Do you have any other thing? Let me quickly let me go around the horn I have I had movies, music, TV, books, comics, toys, and other. So, Kel, do you have any others of anything that you want to throw out from 77 through
2: 79? Uh, the only other thing I can think of, Dire Straits had their first <laughs> album, and nice. the Clash put out their magnum opus, London Calling. Wow, oh.
0: very nice. But yeah, other
1: than that, I think we've hit my list too.
0: All right, Mike, any other things from that period? That we I mention. actually
1: made a category, a small category for animated series, cartoons. Great, and great. Uh, we kind of hinted a little bit about it because we I talked about Force Five and all that. But um, the the notables that I wanted to mention were uh, seventy nine, uh, the Flash Gordon filmation series, which was amazing. Oh, God, so good, um, so much better uh, than the movie. <laughs> so good. I don't, no, no, no. That's not. Nah, I love the movie, um, but. Uh, 1977 was the all-new Adventures of Batman. I think that featured the voices of Adam West and Burt Ward, and I love that. Yes. Um, 1978 to 80, we have Battle of the Planets. Yes. And uh, and then the second series that I saw that was um, sort of repackaged Japanese anime, which I love to this day, is Star Blazers. Yes. Uh, I've never Star seen Blazers, any of this stuff. I would... I would, it would be on at, I think, three o'clock in the afternoon on our, uh, on one of our uh, local channels. And we got out at, at two or something, and I would run home. Like, is that, yeah. that would be appointment. <laughs> like, I, cause it was, it was like the only show that I would, had watched that was sequential. Like, it, you had to, like, if you missed a chapter, you were, you know, oh, like, that, yeah, I gotta see it. It was it, man. Yeah, I wanna see it. Dang. Oh, so good. It was so epic in scope. It was uh, to this day, it's one of the best uh, right. cartoon or series TV series I've I've seen. It was awesome. so noted.
2: I, I remember. I remember it was also on like three thirty ish, and I would always hate it when my mom was a sub. She's a substitute teacher. And I always hate it when she worked <laughs> because we didn't get home till four, and it was over. <sighs> oh um, man! But fourth grade was the best because we had some um, some new students who had moved to America from Japan. And the girl was in my grade. The brother was a year older, and he could draw the spaceship uh, the spaceship Yamato. Oh wow. Um, mm-hmm. And oh my God, it was like, please draw it for me. please draw it for me, Oh my God. You know? <laughs> oh Yes, definitely. I, I wish I had thought of that. It I've got was, uh, that
0: was uh, I, uh, that was definitely in my. I never there. got to see that. I've got one thing I want to do real quick if you'll bear with me for just a minute. I have a list of the TV shows. That debuted In 1977 And this will i If you're anything like me This is going to blow your mind You guys or our listeners One or both I'm just going to hit the highlights There's a great long list But I'm just going to run through here And hit just a few highlights Of These are shows that all came on The same year Okay Here we go uh, Circus of the Stars Hardy Boys Nancy Drew uh, Eight is Enough Three's Company Quark uh, buh, 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 Hold on Scooby-Doo's All-Star Laugh Olympics That was one of the greatest programs in television history Absolutely Space Academy uh, Soap Carter Country Chips oh, wow. Logan's Run Operation Petticoat The Amazing Spider-Man Lou Grant Man from Atlantis Love Boat that's those were shows that started in '77. Now the funny thing is, you look at the list of shows that ended in '77. Quite a few of those are on there, but not all. But the ones I just named, though, those were shows that like defined my childhood to me. I don't know about you
1: guys, but dang man, yeah, yeah. yeah they were. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't. They weren't appointment watching for me, but they, I, you could not get around their existence. Yep.
0: And and shows that were just on during this time. We mentioned Six Million Dollar Man and Happy Days, but also Beretta, Barney Miller, Starsky and Hutch, Uh, you mentioned Welcome Back, Cotter, Charlie's Angels, Uh, What's Happening, Uh. oh man, (laughs) Captain (laughs) Kangaroo, uh, Hawaii uh, Mm Five-0, Bob Newhart, Fat Albert, MASH, Maud, let's see, the Waltons, Kojak, Good Times, the Jeffersons, One Day at a Time, Alice... Oh, man. Alice. Uh, let's see. McLeod. Macmillan and Wife. Emergency. I had Emergency Lunchbox when I went to first grade. Sanford and Son was still on. <laughs> Chico and the Man. Columbo. Land of the Lost. No, it ended in 76. My bad. Little House on the Prairie. God, my daughter's watched all of those now. Police woman, Rockford Files. Saturday Night Live. Uh, Wheel of Fortune. Mention the Gong Show. Quincy. The Bionic Woman. Oh, wow. And CPO Sharky. Wow, that's—I mean, that's just 1977 in television, gang. That's—that's that's, to me. I mean, a lot of people are listening, going, "I've never heard of any of that." <laughs> but to me, that's like—that's like my foundation right there. So, yeah. all right. Well, I think we'll wrap up there. We've gone on quite long enough, and 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 about these. I guess at some point, maybe we'll have to reconvene and do maybe the early 80s or something, if you if you guys are interested. But uh, yeah but uh all right well uh Kel, any last words just the 70s rock they did know. mike your last words
1: yeah i agree uh, the 70s were a great time and uh one that uh will yeah i mean will live in infamy rich for me you know i mean I, there's <laughs> I, right. there's they are they, it is why i am who i am That's right.
0: Exactly. Well put. I can't top that. That is well put. It's why we are who we are. All right, guys. The Rocket's going to get out of here for another episode, and we'll see you all down the road. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Eight, how many it was hours? Nights, it was. right? I, I wanted to say it was a miniseries. It wasn't just like a movie, but maybe it was. I don't remember now.
2: I think it was a movie because I think I mean, it was on like a Sunday night and everybody was talking about it at school the next day. About yeah. 10, 90% of my, my classmates didn't watch it because their parents were afraid it would give them nightmares. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, this is middle school. It, yeah, come on. Really? Yeah. But, or maybe it was later than that. I don't remember what year that was. I was in high school. I know that. Either parents didn't want us to watch it because it was, you know, going to give us nightmares, or we didn't care because.
1: What year was that? That was like eighty, right? So that's right, really? like right after the time period we're talking about. Like these are, these are, <sighs> these are happy days.
0: All right, nineteen eighty-three, November twentieth. So yeah. November twentieth, nineteen eighty-three. Wow, nineteen eighty-three as late as that? Huh? That was yeah. that was my no, beginning that was of ninth grade. Be, yeah. That was that beginning was of tenth for me. So that's why I knew it was high school. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, somewhere like, yeah, high school, freshman, sophomore, yeah. Yeah.
0: I forgot it was directed by Nicholas Meyer. Dang. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. after Star Trek Two. That's right. Wow. And, and yet it was just not really good. I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember it was like, it was broadcast on the Soviet Union state TV in 1987. They probably like cheered. They thought it was like a, you know, <laughs> like we're nuking the stupid Americans. Yes.